Welcome to Illicit Liaisons, where each week we talk about the good, the bad, and the naughty of romance fiction. I'm Jenna Hart, your host. I am a romance author and an avid romance reader, and I'm the owner of SwoonworthyHEA.com, an online community where people who love to read romance can come and hang out and talk about their favorite books, their favorite tropes, their favorite authors, and all that kind of fun stuff. We have content that has a lot of different resources that you might be interested as an avid romance reader, like places to find free books or upcoming releases. We have groups where you can connect with other readers to talk about your favorite books. You can start your own group. We have monthly giveaways. The Illicit Liaison podcast is held over there. There's just so much great stuff going on. It is a small but growing community, and we would love to have you. So please consider stopping by swoonworthyhea.com. Now I have a really fun show for you today. I have interviewed author Lisa Becker, and I really enjoyed chatting with her. One of the things that I've really missed during this pandemic has been getting out into the world and hanging out with my tribe of readers and writers. I just always have a blast going to book festivals and other sorts of events and conferences, and I really miss that. This is the next best thing, being able to interview them for the Illicit Liaison podcast. I also am starting another podcast called Write With Heart, which is focused on people who want to write romance. And I would still much rather see them in person, be able to go have a coffee and sit and chat with them. But again, this is the next best thing. So I've really been enjoying interviewing authors. So let's go ahead and get started with the interview. Lisa Becker is an award-winning romance writer who spends her time like she spends her money on books and margaritas. As Lisa's grandmother used to say, for every chair, there's a tush. Lisa is now happily married to a wonderful man she met online and lives in Manhattan Beach, California with him and their two daughters. So if it happened to her, there's hope for anyone. Lisa, I want to thank you so much for being with me today on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. I'm a little bit jealous that you live in Manhattan Beach. Um, I don't know that I've ever been to Manhattan Beach, but I grew up in Northern California, so so I know of it. But I would love to live somewhere that was warm all the time and I could just sit on a lanai and write. We do feel pretty grateful every day that we live in Southern California, where we have mostly good weather uh, a good deal of the time. We live about a mile and a half or so from the ocean, um, so we're able to get down there and kind of see the water and the palm trees whenever we want, and uh, very grateful for that. Oh, I love it. I'm jealous. You are a romance uh, writer, but a lot of romance authors I know about really got interested in romance by reading it. So I'm really curious, were you a fan of romance fiction before you started writing it? And what sort of authors or books were you reading that inspired you to become a romance author? I've always been a reader and I've always been a lover of romance and happily ever afters. 
So it kind of became a natural for me to decide to write romance when I decided uh, to give writing a try. Um, they always say the advice to writers is to write what you know. And um, because I guess that I'm a romance reader and a fan of romance movies and romantic comedies, that's kind of where my mind clearly goes to. Um, I'm a huge fan of um, Christina Lauren, the writing duo. I think that they write these incredibly smart and witty and fun books with really relatable characters. They're people that you'd want to know in your real life that you'd want to be best friends with. And um, they also created Will Sumner. He's the, the hero in Beautiful Player, which is, I think, the number three book in their Beautiful series. And he is hands down to me, the best book boyfriend ever. Um, incontrovertible. He is and shall always be my favorite book boyfriend. And they created him. And so I'm, I'm a huge fan of theirs. I love that. You know, I have, I hate to admit this. I haven't read Christina Lauren yet. Although in my mind, I feel like I read one of the beautiful books, but I have several of hers on my shelf. And my daughter gave me the Unhoneymooner or Unhoneymoon. Unhoneymooners. It's yes. such and a fun book. It, yeah, you, she's like, you have to read this. My to be read stack is crazy. And when I finish a book and I sit and look at my shelf, there's like so many I want to pick up and read. I wish I could read faster sometimes, you know? <laughs> just, I absolutely agree with you. There are just, what's that expression? So many books, so little time. Exactly. But um, the Unhoneymooners is a lot of fun. I think that... Uh, of their, they have a couple of different series and then quite a number of standalones. And within the beautiful series, again, beautiful player because of Will Sumner is my absolute favorite. Within their Wild Seasons, uh, I think it's a four book series. Uh, Wicked, Wicked Sexy Liar is my favorite. And of their standalones, my favorite is Autobiography. So um, that is probably a book that had me. Um, just heaving with sobs. It is just so beautifully written and poignant, um, but also just such a wonderful romance and fills you with such hope that love is possible for everyone. It's it's really a fantastic book. They're incredibly talented. Um, I would highly recommend picking, picking up any of their books. You know, the two of them were on the, um, did you see the video, like a documentary on romance? books in the romance industry? I didn't see the video, but I know that they've done some interviews lately and that one of their books has been in pre-production to be made into a movie. And I think because of the success of Bridgerton on, on Netflix, we were seeing a more interest in romance being brought to streaming services as well as uh, traditional motion pictures. Well, yeah, I had a I had a subscription to Passion Flicks for a little bit because I was curious. I was like, romance books into movies? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> and um, I did watch a few, but I, I signed up through my Roku and, and the service through the Roku is different than if you sign up on the website. So I was thinking, well, I'm going to switch because she has some of um, Jennifer Armitrout's books coming up. And I thought that might be fun to see too. I, I, like I said, I haven't read a lot of Christina Lauren, but I'm, I'm curious, have you read any of Lauren Blakely? I have. I've, I've read most of her books and those are a ton of fun as well. Um, she, very similar to Christina Lauren, creates these very real, relatable characters. They feel like people that you would know in your real life. And even though they may be um, 
more beautiful than the people in your traditional life or sexier or more successful in their careers, they still feel really relatable. They're people that you think I could know this person. I would want to have lunch and hang out with them, or that's somebody I'd, I'd want to date. Uh, they're no, they're not so far out um, in left field as far as who they are as people and what motivates them and the issues that challenge them that you don't feel like you could hang out with them. Yeah. I think she's very talented as well. Yeah, I, I do like her voice. But one of the things that always struck me about her is when I try to describe her books, there's really not a lot of angst and there's conflict, but it's not that, um, you know, what you read in other books. It, it's just, it seems like a regular romance. So it seems like it would be boring, but I'm trying to tell people it's not. You really get invested in, and interested in these people and the men, you know, they might have a little bit of cockiness to them, but they are the nicest guys ever. You know, I agree with you. And sometimes, you know, I think different readers have different preferences and then readers also just have different moods. And sometimes you want something that's got a lot of angst and churning that's making your stomach turn over and over. And other times you're looking for something light and fun where, you know, there's going to be happily ever after, you know, you're not going to be torn apart or, or sobbing with tears years to get there. And that's okay too. And that's what makes romance genre so wonderful is that there really is something out there for everyone. If you like dark and twisted, you can find it. And if you like clean door um, or a clean romance, uh, open door um, fun, that's available as well. There's really something available for everyone. It's based on your preference and your mood. That's, I think one of the best things about romance is compared to all the other genres, there's something for everybody. You know, if you want a mystery or if you want something dark, or if you want something set in space or fantasy land, or, you know, there's really, it, it covers just about everything. I agree. And, you know, I think a lot of people sort of discount romance. And I know there's a lot of discussion out there about why romance novels and romance works are so important. Um, from a feminist standpoint and a, a body positive standpoint and a sexuality standpoint. And to me, the bottom line is, you know, what's more universal? What's more compelling than finding love and in any form, whether that's familial love or romantic love, that's really one of the essential things that we need as humans. And so I think romance novels are incredibly important. I, I agree with that. You have said that better than, than I have. Um, but we actually did an episode where we talked about the stigma of romance. And I said the same thing. I'm like, it makes no sense that people think love is shallow and fluffy and unimportant when in the history of mankind, it's the one thing almost everybody strives to have. So I couldn't agree more. There you go. Well, tell me, what was the first book you wrote or you know, those first moments where you sat down and said, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to write this story. And I'm curious if that particular book ever has seen the light of day, or if it was just sort of your, your testing book. I always remember as a little girl writing short stories and poems and told myself that I would write a book one day, but I really didn't know what that would be. And 20 years ago, I met my husband online when online dating was really in its infancy. Um, in fact, uh, the service that we used was free because I don't think that they had figured out yet how to monetize 
the concept. They were just trying to prove the, the idea that young professional single people would turn to the internet to find connection. Um, and so after we had met and before we had kids, I started recalling funny experiences that I had with online dating and stories from friends and stories of traditional dating. And I started writing them down. And from there, this book emerged and I put it on the shelf for a number of years while I was had young kids and dealing with other issues with work, et cetera. But eventually I finished that novel. Um, it's called Click, an online love story. It's no longer available. It turned into a three-part series and the entire book is told in emails. So it is in a modern uh, epistolary novel. Um, and it's about a woman who tries online dating. And it's all the kind of funny communications between her and her dates and her and her friends about those dates. Um, and I took it off the market a couple of years ago uh, for a number of reasons, one of them being that it just seemed a little outdated. Um, we don't really communicate via email anymore. And so reading it became a little cumbersome for people. And so I kind of focused my time and energy on some of my more recent books. But that is the first book that I wrote. Um, and it was such a fun way to express myself and share some of the funny stories that I had experienced or things that um, friends had told me. And then, of course, um, a lot of the stories are just pure imagination from my all the you know, imaginary friends in my, my head. <laughs> it is funny how that works. You know, I, I'm like, these people are yammering in my head. <laughs> they are. And I think what's interesting is that when I talk at book events or book clubs, um, people will comment that I talk about the characters as if they're real people. And I'll say, oh, it was so funny when Oliver did that. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, when I wrote this story about Oliver, it was more Oliver was there and Oliver said this and Oliver did that or Rowan responded with this. And that was really funny um, because in my head, I'm having these conversations, these characters are sometimes having conversations. And so to me, they seem like real people. Well, I, as far as I am concerned is they are real, even if they're only in my head. <laughs> you know, I mean, they are the embodiment of people. So Absolutely. And sometimes they're inspired by people that I know in my real life. And so it, it's a matter of sort of trying to separate the two characters or the two people in my head of who the real person is and who the inspiration is. Yeah. Or has become. Um, so your most recent release, if I'm right, is a box set of your Starfish series. Is that right? That's correct. Um, so I had recently released the third in the Rockstar Romance series and decided to turn it into a box set. I'm also in the process of uh, waiting on approvals from Audible and some other retailers to get the audiobook version of the third installment of that series and the complete box set approved so that they can be available for pre-order. And I think they should be available for purchase um, next month. So that's one of the, the reasons behind putting together the box set was making the audios available um, as a group. So tell us about the Starfish series. I, so the I first, was kind of going through and I saw one had a rock star and that's always popular. Yes. So the first one is called Starfish, a rock star romance. It's about a young woman, recent college or actually graduate school graduate, who thinks she's taking a three month internship to work on a technology account at a PR firm. 
And at the last minute, they assign her to go on tour with a rock band. And it's what happens when she falls in love with one of the musicians. And the book was somewhat inspired by my real life experience working at a public relations firm. Years ago, I think it was even before I met my husband, I had been working at a huge event. We were a client of mine was sponsoring a major event with MTV that included some professional athletes and a performance by a very popular 90s rock band. And our client was a sponsor. And so our job was to sort of help them leverage that sponsorship through a bunch of different activities. And so we had set up a very cool um, themed kind of lounge for all the athletes and musicians to hang out in. And that's where I spent the bulk of my day. And nobody paid any attention to me. I, I could have been invisible or, or naked and no one would have noticed me. Um, but I kind of thought back, what would have happened if somebody had taken notice of me? Could What would have happened if I had struck up a conversation with one of these rock stars? And that's what inspired me to write this story. Um, the reception to the story was so positive and very flatteringly, flatteringly so that I decided to uh, explore what happened to some of the other guys in the band. And so there are two novella spinoffs. Uh, the next one is Dear Future Self, which follows the former band lead singer. His name is Jace Connors. And he's sort of this arrogant sort of preening rock star loves the spotlight. And the story follows what happens when he returns home for a family emergency and is reconnected with his childhood best friend and whether sparks between the two of them fly. And the third installment is called Jokes on You. And one of the most beloved characters from the series is the keyboardist who's sort of a big practical joker. His name is Oliver. And it's what happens when he has a very epic one night stand is whether or not he can turn that little fling into a lasting relationship. So can he prove to this woman that he is no joke? And so that's the, the three-part series. Um, if you sign up for my newsletter on my website, I send you an interview uh, with one of the other band members. You can kind of find out what happened to him after the band ended. There's one final member in the band who I just haven't been able to kind of figure out how to tell his story well. Um, it may come out in the future and it, it, may, and it may not. It's, it's funny how that happens. Sometimes the ideas for stories, especially if you are doing a series, it seems very obvious. And I, I've had, I've sold a couple of series where you have to know in advance what's going on. And sometimes it comes very quickly. And other times it's sort of like you said, it's like, this is a great person, but I don't know what to do with him. <laughs> Absolutely. And I feel like with this particular character, he um, had some challenges with, with drugs, drug dependency. And I just don't feel like I would be able to tell his story in a way that would be appropriate, that would resonate with people, that would be authentic. Um I just don't think that I would be able to do it justice and it wouldn't really be fair to tell his story without being able to do it the right way. Yeah. And so I've just decided to focus my efforts on other writing where I feel like I could be maybe able to tell the stories more authentically or with more, um, with more humor. Yeah. You know, that is a, there are some things, issues that are tough when, when I'm not writing for myself, I ghostwrite. I have a couple of clients I ghostwrite for, and I had a client that has several times asked me to do things. One is at the beginning of the book, he is an 
in the middle of his alcoholism. And I remember thinking, how am I going to do this? You know, I was really challenged, challenged by that. And, um, you know, she says it was well received. So somehow I got through it. But I remember thinking this is this is going to be a real challenge. Right. (laughs) That is always a challenge. I like writing my own stuff. I don't have to end up trying to figure that out, but I have enjoyed the challenge of it. My sense of your work and based on what you like to read is that you like more of the rom-com or more humor in your books. Is that what, what people would find in your books or do you read opposite of what you write? No, I think that you're, that's very accurate. I, I try to write again, you know, they say, write what you know and what you experience and what you enjoy. And that's really what I've done is try to write books that I think I would enjoy reading and hope that they resonate with readers as well. Um, so I've typically just written more for myself and what I like, and then hope that I find an audience um, I think all of my books definitely have a lot of humor in them. They're fairly low angst. So as we were talking about earlier, you know, there are some really talented writers who create these incredible romances that just have your 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 stomach churning because you don't know what's going to happen. And of course, you know what's going to happen. It's a romance. There's going to be a happily ever after, but you're still sort of so emotionally invested that you are stressed out. And I prefer for me, just the way that I write, to have um, a little Little bit of drama because you need some conflict there, but to really have it be more of a high humor, um, less angst storyline. Yeah, I, in the pandemic, I've I've read a great deal of rom com. That has been kind of my go to book. <laughs> Something a little bit lighter. Not I. There's some authors I read that I enjoy that are a little bit darker, but um, the rom coms have really helped me get through this year. Um, yeah, it's been a tough year for everybody. And even if you've had it less difficult than other people, you know, whether you've maybe hadn't had to stress out about certain types of things, it's still been hard for everyone. We don't have to compete with one another about who's had it worse. We can all just say that, you know what, it's been a really tough year. Um, some people have had more challenges than others, but I don't think that anybody has come out of this unscathed in any way. Um, We all deal with anxiety and stress in different ways. And um, everyone can just acknowledge that it's been, it's been difficult. And so I know for me, it's been hard to find joy in writing. So I've spent more of my time finding ways to enhance what I already have, which is why I've been working on some audiobook production. Um, And then I've been doing a lot of reading and trying to find the joy there. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm one of those people that have actually had a I was already working at home. I've worked at home forever. And you know, my husband was able to come work from home. Um my kids have left home, but they my daughter was in grad school, but she pretty much did virtual. My son is able to work virtual. So, except for a couple of family emergencies that I you know, I had to go see them, which made me nervous cuz you know, I didn't want to bring them anything and I didn't want to get anything it's been pretty easy, but after a while, it just starts to weigh on you. And then, and I have been anxious a lot lately and it's been sort of like, why it's, you know, I've, I have it pretty good, but I think it's just the culminate, you know, just day after day, the worry and 
Um, it just yeah. starts to weigh on you. So I, so reading, especially rom-com has been kind of a good way to like get out of that and have that and binge watching TV, obviously. So, um, <laughs> oh yes, I've watched probably more television this year than I had in the last five combined, but it's, it's been, yeah. it's been great to, um, be able to find, uh, entertainment and humor and, great stories out there, whether it's through books or, or television. And it just reminds you that, you know, this year, where have people found joy? They found it in, in books and movies and music and art. Um, and so let's celebrate artists. Let's recognize that contribution that artists do make to society. You know, it's not just about math and science, which are incredibly important, um, and especially science right now, when we take a look at what's been happening globally, but also celebrate the artists because they brought joy and entertainment and levity and um, wonderful stories to us in a time when we've needed them. Yeah. And the internet. I mean, where would we be without the internet, really? Right. Can you imagine having to endure a global pandemic 100 years ago? Yeah. Talk about feeling isolated. And, exactly. Uh, yeah. On a more positive note, yes. I have a quick six questions that I ask uh, when I'm talking to an author, and I'm going to go through them with you real quick, if you're ready. Absolutely. Who is your favorite author besides yourself? Ooh, I would say right now, again, it would have to be Christina Lauren. I really do have a girl crush on them. I would love to buy a BFF necklace from Claire's and shatter it into three pieces, Horcrux style, like Harry Potter, and, and beg them to wear the other two pieces. Like, I just, I just think that they are phenomenal. Uh, what is your favorite book besides your own? Ooh, my favorite book. Um... That's a tough question. I, there's just so many different genres and different categories of classic novels versus um, current novels versus romance novels. I'm not sure. It'd be like asking me to pick one of my favorite kids. I'm not sure that I could do that. <laughs> do you have a couple that always stand out, your go-to recommendations? Uh, you know, I've recently, um, you know, because I'm an independent author, I always try to recommend books by other independent authors that I have are, am a fan of. And so two fantastic authors that I would recommend people check out. Um, one is Sophie Sinclair um, and the other, and she has a, a book series, the Coffee Girl series. And then I would also suggest checking out Chloe Lisa. Uh, she has two book series, but one that she's been focusing on more recently, uh, the Bergman Brothers series. And they are just phenomenal books with a, about a group of siblings and sort of the different romance entanglements that they go through and then also their familiar relationships. So I would suggest looking at books from those two authors. Um, what is your favorite romance category as in contemporary, historical, YA? I'm probably a contemporary fan. I've read several historical romances, and while I enjoyed them, it's probably not my go-to. And as much as I love YA, I also like a bit of steam in my books. And, um, you know, you don't typically find that in the YA category. Uh, so I would definitely say I I'm primarily prefer contemporary romance. You and I are, are reading 
sisters. Because I feel so the should same I send way. you that BFF necklace from Claire? Yes, yes, break it in four. Um, I have been trying to read more historical romance because it, it's not my go-to. And and I remember my thoughts around it are like that society is so constrained, particularly for women, that it just felt like you're reading the same thing all the time, you know, in terms of what was going on, because women just didn't have as much independence back then. Sure, they're strong-willed and all that, Um, but I've enjoyed some of the ones I read. I did go ahead and read Bridgerton before I watched the show. I, I have been trying to expand, but I'm like you. What is your favorite romance trope? I really love um friends to lovers. I feel like it just gives hope to women out there who've had sort of this unrequited crush for years that, that, that might be a possibility that that could happen for them. Um, not that I've, I'm still harboring crushes from high school, but I had so many and, uh, I, you know, if I could go back in time and tell my former self that those things actually do happen for people, it would have been it's a nice feeling. Yeah. What are you reading right now? Right now, I am in the process. Let me see what I am looking at here. I am just started a, a new Christina Lauren book that I hadn't read before called In a Holidays. Um, I had just, and I've just finished, and I know it's not up there, brand new book. I'm a little bit behind. Um, and then before that, I had finished the um, Happy Ever Playlist by Abby Jimenez. Um, she has a new book coming out as well. And I wanted to make sure I was caught up on everything. It is phenomenal. If you haven't read the friend zone by her, I would highly recommend picking it up. And then right afterward, literally just one clicking right at the same time, the happy ever after playlist. I think these were both books I finished in about a day and a half. Okay. I haven't read any of those. So adding them to my already too large stack of books, but oh well. Tell us where we can go and learn more about you, follow you, and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Feel free to stalk away. Um, The best place to start is my website. It's www.lisawbecker.com. Uh, from there, you'll be able to access uh, my pages on Facebook and Instagram or find uh, author swag in an author uh, sort of store that I have where you can get merchandise based on my writing as well as some just fun other book loving designs. Um, but that's probably the easiest place to start is lisawbecker.com. All right. So everybody who's listening, please visit lisawbecker.com. These links and her books will be posted at the Illicit Liaison podcast page with all this information. And uh, please go visit Lisa and check out her stuff. Lisa, thank you so much for chatting with me about reading romance. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I truly appreciate it. That's it for this week's show. I hope you enjoyed my interview with Lisa. I did have a great time chatting with her. And I want to remind you to please visit her website, lisawbecker.com. This will be posted over at the Illicit Liaisons podcast page over at swoonworthyhea.com. And again, if you haven't been to swoonworthyhea.com, please stop by because there's a lot of 
fun and great information about romance fiction over there, but we also have a small but growing community of people who like to talk about the books that they are reading. And of course, if you are a romance author, I would love to interview you for the show. You are welcome to create a fan group or even your very own blog over at swoonworthyhea.com which is where romance readers want to come and congregate. So what better place for romance readers to find you? Until next time, this is Jenna Hart wishing you peace, love, and happily ever after.